Welcome to On Leading, where we get to learn from a lot of great people doing really good work in the world as we explore the 21st century's big question. What question is that? It's the question at the heart of restorative leadership. How do we bring out the best of our diverse humanity to ensure a sustainable future? As you listen, we invite you to hear your own wisdom being echoed and your leadership being called to new levels of inspired engagement. I am Shauna Steffen of the Restorative Leadership Institute, and this is On Leading with Yancina Larson, founder and CEO of World Pulse. As an international journalist, Yancina had a vision that answered her big question about how best to connect the isolated yet common experiences she witnessed of women worldwide. Yancina saw an image of the earth pulsing as an interconnected web of blue lights, which has become the World Pulse digital media network. World Pulse was founded by Yancina to forward the possibility of a world where every woman and girl believes in the power of her own voice and uses it to build a world where all life thrives. World Pulse now spans 200 countries with over 60,000 members, impacting more than 2 million people. From her family farm in rural Wisconsin to global forums like the United Nations and the Clinton Global Initiative, Yancina has lived her leadership calling to empower women to accelerate the solutions they seek to the 21st century's most urgent challenges. I had a chance to talk with Yancina in 2013 and then again in 2015. In this interview, we will hear how Yancina amplifies grassroots voices from every continent and get her perspective on the restorative leadership practice of scaling across shared values. Yancina Larson, what inspires you to do the work that you do in and for the world? Hmm. Well, what inspires me to do the work that I do is it's a burning curiosity of what the world will look like when women's souls are truly free. There was a research report that was just done on our online community and a woman from the United Arab Emirates said that being able to speak out online through World Pulse was like unmuting my soul. Mm. And when I think about the phenomenal unleashing of human creativity and music that will happen when women's souls are unmuted across the planet. It just gets me out of bed every morning and fuels my imagination. Mm. Mm. And the world that women can create that is the literature, the art, the safe spaces, the community spaces, the alternative and innovative families, and from science to physics to, you know, you name it, every single area will be transformed. Mm. Beautiful. So in the Founders Pulse, you stated that everywhere women are on the front lines of ecological destruction, 
With the most at stake, women have become increasingly motivated to protect the earth. Millions of modern-day Rachel Carsons are stepping out from the shadow. These women leaders are a potent immune system for the earth. I'm wondering if you could say a little bit more about what you mean by characterizing women leaders as an immune system for the earth. Mm-hmm. Well, like it talks about there, women are often the first ones, the front lines for environmental degradation. They are the ones who are experiencing the contaminated water that they're feeding their children and noticing the the rashes on the skin. Um, They are the ones who are uh, the social fabric of communities that are having to be reorganized as, as islands are being swallowed up by the ocean because of climate change and having to having to uh, relocate those communities and they are um, the ones who are uh, having to also re-bring together the families when there's mudslides or flash floods, you know, that what, what you're experiencing there and experiencing around the world with natural disasters. So they're the ones who are, are most affected and know most intimately the impacts of it. And it is because of that, it is women who are, you know, the ones who are, are, can be that frontline responder as well equipped with the right knowledge and information and support network to mobilize or to activate or to, f- to feel more empowered to address these issues. So they're the ones who can, you know, um, really steer their communities for alternative uh, forestry techniques or um, the testing of water. There's just, in so many ways, there are uh, women are an untapped source for for um, restoration of the earth, and you're seeing pockets of that happening now. You're seeing that immune system start to rise in the things such as this women's climate massive climate change caucus happening that's convening we're seeing women and indigenous leaders convening like the 13 indigenous grandmothers who are giving prayers for the earth but are also you know very involved in the preservation of natural species and um, we're seeing these pockets happening but what we're truly going to see the, the medicine start to take hold is when these efforts become much more linked and when the exchange of information is moving at a greater velocity. And that's where you're going to really see resilience, the resilience of, um, of human ingenuity uh, start to actually have an effect on what the 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 breakdown of our ecological systems. Mm. Thank you. In that, in that response, you were talking about um, activating the front lines, and, and in many ways, World Pulse and your v- vision of a, uh, a vocal uprising 
um, is is about that activation. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the progress you've seen as a result of your work and, and the World Pulse Network. Okay. Well, and the progress is definitely moved from just an idea to a concept, like a proof of concept, mm -hmm. to a more refined design, to something that is actually impacting the lives of tens of thousands and even millions of people around the world. So the the progress has been in some many cases beyond my wildest dreams mm. and i would say that not only are we now making because we are a network of about 60,000 from over 200 countries not only are we beginning i wouldn't say we're fully there yet but we're beginning to pique the interest and turn the heads of big world institutions and decision-making forums who are starting to recognize the importance of, of um, women's participation at the grassroots for any sort of development and policy. But we're, we're seeing that the, um, the transformational shift in women's inner worlds to recognize their role as change agents to create change locally. So we're seeing that. We're seeing that that, that that high level of institution. We're seeing more interest, and but we're seeing real transformation in women's lives. But And beyond that, I would say it's World Pulse is beginning to be shaping an entire industry and an entire school of thought that is recognizing the the criticalness of using the tools, the, the technological tools that we have as a force for good and as a force for um, the participation of women in the future of the planet. And that I often call it crowdsourcing the feminine intelligence of the planet because that's what we have the opportunity to do now. And... Up until, I would say, the last few years, people weren't really fully aware that that was possible or fully aware that it would do any good. <laughs> and now um, both those things are becoming um, almost mainstream, I would say, mm. with the recognition of the power of mobile phones in the hands of women and and how women's empowerment is key to solving every global problem. And, uh, but the, the world pulse right now, I think we are, we are miles ahead of others because we've been years in steeped in listening to the women and how they want to use the technology and how they want to connect and what their communication needs are. So I think that even though the progress has been at times extremely arduous and a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of trying to convince people and convince the technology sector that yes, women are important and yes, women's women's um, 
unique knowledge and, and unique needs could shape what technology could come for social change and to the women's empowerment movement to kind of break through their fear of, well, we don't really understand the technology or we don't, you know, it's too, too complicated for us to figure out or we don't have the resources for it to really break through the women's empowerment movement to where they're now embracing it and, and, and eager and hosting whole conferences about women and technology now. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, I would say those worlds are starting to come together. They're not completely there yet, but we're, we're right at that intersection and we're helping to shape that mm-hmm. field mm-hmm. of knowledge. Thank you. Uh, you were talking about the grassroots change that you're that you're helping to fuel do you could you tell me a a story of grassroots like that that grassroots change that shows what's possible through digital media and scaling across yes there are (laughs) so many stories but um I think that one let's see I think that one of the stories that to me has been really starting to shape the future, a culture and shape a a nation is the example of our correspondent, the woman, woman grassroots leader that we trained in digital empowerment from Cameroon, who's working on um, eradicating the practice of breast ironing in that country and she herself escaped the practice and decided to become a truth teller and a journalist never made headway in her country in the journalism sector because they didn't want to listen to women but found world polls and started telling her story and her story was so profoundly uh a shocking story it's so so profoundly um moving that CNN found her story, picked it up, publicized it with her visibility. She got attention. She got awards. She got some funding. And with just the $10,000 through through that visibility, she basically launched a whole campaign across the country to eradicate the practice and has, has sensitized and trained over 10,000 women and girls within a nine-month period. And then on top of that, she also was noticed on World Pulse by the Ugandan minister, the Cameroonian Ministry of Gender, which noticed the success of her programs on our site, reached out to her, and now they're collaborating to scale it up across the country to hopefully eradicate the practice in the next five to ten years, they think. Because this practice affects three to four million girls. So in a very short period of time, it just shows how rapid that the impact can be from telling a story on our site to getting picked up by media to getting support. And then the women are just rolling out their programs. There are other examples of this. Uh, for example, a woman in Pakistan, very isolated uh, woman in a rural area. And she had a dream. She had a computer, but she had a dream of bringing the benefits of the computer and the Internet to the other women of her village. And so on World Pulse, she found that uh, a grant opportunity 
and she she um, applied for it to start a cyber cafe, and she got that grant. She got a five thousand dollar grant. She started her own um, her own business in Pakistan, mm-hmm. which is now which is now reaching and and changing the lives of hundreds and hundreds of women there. Another example is in South Africa, where one of our one of our correspondents was writing about um, uh, children and child rights, and the the um, that there's a lot of rape and sexual abuse that affects children in South Africa. And she was she basically produced a video video module about how children could protect themselves. And her, it got noticed by a university in Europe, and they have uh, trainers like child sensi- protection sensitizers um, who found this on World Pulse, and they decided to send over 200 um, trainers to South Africa to, uh, to reach into all these school districts, and they have gone on to train thousands and thousands of, of children how to become their own child advocates and train themselves. So these are all kinds of connections that that likely wouldn't have happened if they hadn't found each other on World Pulse. And, you know, many, many, many more. There are women from Honduras who are groping with the significant rates of sexual violence there, the highest in the Western Hemisphere, who are relating very deeply to the women of the Congo, which has some of the highest rates of sexual violence in the world, and they're starting to feel not so alone. Um, they're starting to benefit from each other's natural national action planning and development, and there's just this wonderful cross-regional connectivity that's happening where these exchange these solutions are being swapped wow and that's just off the top of your head that's just like a couple yeah but with with those what comes to mind to ask because there's a, a distinction in that so what does it mean to you to be scaling across and how would you say world pulse uniquely does that Hmm. Well, what I think, to me, it's like let a million flowers bloom. Um, when a, a lot of times you might talk about scale, like an entrepreneur develops a widget or a certain solution, and then you're going to kind of take that model template and you're going to blow it up. And it's going to, you know, like there's a health services package in India that you pilot in a village and then, boom, you can bring it nationwide, you know. Well, when I think of scaling across, I think about it's the, it, it, to me, it's the, it's the, it's the lighting up of the entire grid. It's the interactivity across the network, and that includes from south to south, which it's not just a Western solution that's coming down to a, um, 
a quote unquote third world country, but there's there's a very dynamic exchange and reciprocity that's happening so that you've got an organic growth. It's like this million flowers bloom, local solutions, um, gaining strength, gaining resilience through the, the um, cross-regional exchange that happens. And um, so to me, the scaling across happens with the technology that allows it to, you know, in, in an hour for the, the um, information and collaboration to happen. Great, thank you. I really love that million flowers bloom metaphor. That's very, yeah, I love that. So I just want to honor in the balance of time. Um, let's see. I know I get to come back. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think I'll just, with the last few minutes we have for today's questions, I will ask, so what has been one of your greatest challenges? And if you could take me there to, to get a sense of what that was or meant for you, and what did it take to overcome? Well, mm-hmm. you know, really looking at this, this leadership path that you've been on and, uh, and going from idea, as you mentioned, to these living examples. Right. Well, so many challenges. It's like picking (laughs) the success stories. Um, I, I would say that probably the two biggest challenges for me have been I would say the probably the biggest challenge for me has been around team, finding and cultivating the right team, and and leading a team through ambiguity. Mm. Uh, because part of bringing a vision down to earth is finding the right team that is very grounded and can translate that and can make it into reality and sometimes you hit that 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 chafing of people who really want to know exactly tell me exactly what to do how to do it by when give me concretes give me certainties um, so that it can you know we can do it we can build it and when you have no idea what it is you're really building you're you're trying to figure it out alongside them but you're trying to keep spirit up and you're trying to keep morale going and then suddenly you know you 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 don't have any more money in the bank and everybody has to do it volunteer for like three months or they're doing it volunteer to start and, and then you know I've had I would say there have been three pivot points, three bumps in World Pulse's evolution that have been extremely painful of 
template of having, whether it was with the economic crisis in 2008 or whether it was, um, you know, being young and naive and not knowing how to really do finances. So you, you, you know, overspend three bumps where I've had to like let staff go because we couldn't sustain the, the staffing. And so in those cases when, you know, there's a lot of doubt in, in you or in this ability of this, is this really going to happen? And you're trying to tell people, okay, we're moving from a magazine to a website that nobody's ever heard of before, how that will operate. Um, or we're going to keep going even though there's an economic downturn and everybody thinks that it's, you know the world is going to hell in a handbasket, we're going to keep going, um, and we're going to keep trying to find the right model here, and get, keeping everything moving, that's probably been the biggest challenge, and at this point, though, what's been so cool about it is that I've noticed that every bump that we've had that's been like a crisis has come a new innovation. Mm. So the idea, the, the moving from the magazine gave kind of like birth to butterfly to what is now our, our interactive website, which is the community, which is the heart of who we are today, to the, the second bump that happened in 2008 has really given birth to the, the training program, the Digital Empowerment and Citizen Journalism Training Program, which is still thriving today and has given us so much credibility and showcased true success and really extraordinary women leaders of our network. And then the third bump, we started um, developing these crowdsourced campaigns to channel women's voices to decision-making forums. And so each one has actually gotten us further down the road, even though it might have felt like a crisis at that time and it was really trying. So I've, I've, I now look at those kind of things in a different way, and I also feel like now I'm confident in my own leadership ability to lead through those kinds of things. That we first scheduled in July of 2011. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's kind of a luxury, actually, and I have to say that I am more honored now to be doing this with you than when you invited me at the beginning mm -hmm. because I see how you work and how you uh, the incredible other women leaders that you're putting me in company of I mean I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm more honored now so thank you this has been on leading with Shauna Steffen of the restorative leadership institute and Yancina Larson founder and CEO of world pulse to support the work of world pulse please visit worldpulse.com and to learn more about how to bring out the best of our diverse humanity to ensure a sustainable future, visit restorativeleadership.org to subscribe to our podcasts and publications on the art and science of restorative leadership. Thank you for your generosity listening with us.